Hey, Mark, great to see you today. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. It's always fun when we have a chance to chat. Wonderful to see you again, Karen. So this time we're going to talk about e-commerce, retailers, free shipping, and all of those things that have become the consumer's definition of table stakes and how brands are keeping up. Um, I, I want to start with with just you know putting a little bit of a of an additional context around that. Certainly, free shipping is what consumers now expect. We can thank Amazon for that. It's also what keeps consumers from abandoning their purchases and developing affinity with a particular brand. They know that they can get something reliably delivered to them for free. Why not keep going back? But these retailers that are not Amazon are under a lot of pressure today to make the economics of free shipping work and to manage the satisfaction of the consumers who really have been trained to expect nothing less. What are e-commerce retailers today doing to manage supply chain challenges, the cost of shipping and keeping customers satisfied? Yeah, I love this topic, Karen. I think it's uh, perfect for where we're going as an industry when you're talking about direct-to-consumer. And um, and, and the challenges, as you point out, are immense. Amazon certainly set a high bar. And if you watched Andy Jassy's recent investor note, they are moving quickly to invest in one-day shipping uh, as a prime prime standard. Uh, and, you know, customers pay for that. We pay, we pay prime, and prime is getting more expensive. So consumers are willing to pay for shipping, but their expectations are that it is part of the experience they expect uh, when they're selecting brands. So I think the challenges are really twofold. Um, it is how fast can you get the customer uh, what they want and how do you pay for it? Um, so what, I, what we've done a lot of research on, which I'm, which I'm really looking forward to talking to you about, is, uh, is, is exactly what consumer expectations are and how are uh, brands meeting those or in the case of our study, um, not meeting those expectations. So happy to dig in with the, the, uh, into that with you. Yep, I mean you're, you're you're right. I mean consumers pay for Prime, but it's but Prime is now this big you know bundle of things where consumers may not necessarily associate what they're paying as just paying for for delivery and and yet. You know this this whole idea of free shipping and preparing for that as a retailer isn't new. We've seen the rise of e-commerce, you know, certainly accelerate over the last couple of years. But even before that, there was this ongoing trend. The growth of e-commerce was at a faster pace than physical retail. So, so why hasn't there been an effort to try to sync up the expectations of consumers? with the economics of actually delivering a product to consumers in a, in a way that they find meets their own ROI. Yeah, that's a great way to frame it. So let, let me dig into the numbers a little bit. We did a study with the uh, University of Santa Clara, the Retail Management Institute there, interviewed thousands of online shoppers and got really good insight into what their those expectations are. When they're asked what is important to them when they're, consu- when they're uh, selecting a brand, certainly uh, price. Uh, comes up as one. Do you know what the other two were? 
they were shipping shipping related, which is how much is it going to cost and when can I get it? So those were one, two, and three in consumers' response to when they decide to pull the trigger on making a purchase. And as you point out, free shipping is, a, is the expectation. The good news is from the survey that we've done of our retailers, uh, 90 plus percent of them get that. Everybody offers today some form of free shipping. Now, it tends to be some qualified free shipping. And this is where it gets interesting. Yep. Yep. You have to meet a certain threshold. You have to meet a certain threshold. And even then, you're looking at probably ground expedited is free. And that can be anywhere from five to really 11 or 12 days from the time you order the product till you get it because it's going the slowest possible route for free. Um, the next phase is really to off, offer some form of expedited shipping. And those, if you look at particularly in the areas that we spend a lot of time in, in, in fashion goods and soft goods, um, they can be 15 to $25 if you want to get the item within two days or one day. And when you're talking about a basket size, it's maybe $80 to $100. It's pretty significant to ask a consumer for $25. So we're in this environment where you have um, fast and very expensive or free, but really slow. And the interesting middle ground here is how do you give consumers an expectation of when I'm going to get the product and how can you meet their expectations of what they should be charged for that, you know, free and slow or fast and, 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 and expensive. There's a huge middle gap there that retailers and brands have to fill. Sounds like the payments, faster payments, slow payments. And you know we know that consumers will pay to get expedited payments, so will businesses. But you know, you're, you're right. I mean, right now, particularly as consumers feel that their purchasing power is being eroded just because of inflation, I think it's a tougher it's a tougher sell. So, so what's the answer, Mark? There was an interesting answer we got. Sorry to interrupt you. We asked them what they would pay. And they, they came back and said, for two days, if you tell me I'm going to get it date certain, I'll pay up to $7. So pretty significant, but not $15, <laughs> not $25. And that's what the cost of the national carrier's expedited services are. So brands really have to find a way to meet this expectation of fast delivery um, so retailer brands that have higher margins can actually bundle this in and make the two-day free. And a lot of them do do that. Or they'll upgrade you if you're a loyal customer, if you're in their loyalty program. Um, and, and so there's various ways to do it. But I would say it's, it's the real big imperative right now is to solve that, that shipping expectation uh, from the, for the consumer. I think the other point that you made earlier is is also a good one. It's when am I going to get it? So, you know, going back to the Amazon example, you place an order and you sort of know it's going to come in two days, but you don't stress about it because you know it's going to come in two days. And if you if it comes in three, you sort of forget about it or they let you know, you know, this is going to be delayed, but but they communicate with you. In so many other situations, you really don't know when you're going to get something until you get a notification from UPS or FedEx that says your package is going to be delivered on on X date. Why, why is that? It's a confusing one. I think the data is available. If you're working with a good label software provider, um, they should be able to tell you based on zones, based on zip codes, well, what you can promise the consumer at the shopping cart. A lot of times uh, brands we find just haven't 
linked that data to the basket experience. As you know, your work with payments, if you tell consumers that they have payment options, you see conversion rates go higher, right? You see them take that next step in the, in the shopping process. Same is true with shipping. If you say, oh, by the way, it's, it's Wednesday, you can get this by Friday if you order uh, before two o'clock, you will see higher conversion rates. So the data is available. Brands have to work with the right software providers. They have to work with the right carriers. They have to deploy this this um, technology. Um, it's it's very doable. It's not it's not one that is like, you know, years off. Uh, they can do this today, and I think it's a very very powerful way um, to to increase close rates uh, on shopping carts and stop shopping cart abandonment, which is a huge issue. We found that. Um, most of the brands that we work with, 50% of them also shop at Amazon and they do this Amazon check thing, right? So we ask consumers, how many times do you pop over and look at Amazon? And 66% of the time they say they will check a product on Amazon before they buy it in a brand. We ask them why they're doing this. And again, price is, is generally a big answer, but it's also when is the product going to be available to me? When can I get it? it sent to me because they're comparing Amazon's usually a prime investment where they already have membership with when I can get it at this particular brand. They want to order at the brand. There's some loyalty there in the back of their mind. They're saying, I'd really love to get this as fast as possible at the cheapest possible um, shipping charge. Yeah. I mean, to, to your point though, if, if it's price and, you know, shipping as, you know, sort of the one, the number one and two, brands do have to fight harder to get the affinity for something that can be available on Amazon or a substitute that can be available on Amazon for them to do it. So what are the what are the things that brands can do to neutralize? So let's say they you know they've got price um, to neutralize the, the the shipping and the certainty of delivery. what 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 can they do? What new software? can they deploy in order to create that level playing field? Well, let's take it back up level. I think for brands that, that are that are um, selling products that are readily available on Amazon, it, it's, it's a challenge because Amazon is quickly moving the product closer and closer to those customers using their massive warehouse and logistics expertise and using all amounts of data science to understand how do I pre-position product around there so I can get it to them at the uh, uh, quickest available time. Uh, what brands uh, have to do is first be a brand, have a brand message that, that differentiates themselves, have products that differentiate themselves, and then offer this service um, of how do I work with carriers uh, and how do I use my logistics capabilities to have information about what's in the warehouse and available for sale linked with how quickly can I get that um, uh, product to the consumer combined with what's that going to cost me in my margin. And so it's not a trivial exercise. And, and what they need to do is, is work with uh, software providers, um, carrier providers, and data, data um, a- analytics to make that all happen. Uh, and there's a, there's a number of great you know, partners that, that, that we work with uh, out there, Route, Navar, a number of customers that are virtualizing the, um, the supply chain and the uh, delivery chain for customers. The other thing that's happening that's super interesting is you see DoorDash, 
and Uber and getting into parcel delivery, you know, think about the experience when you order a pizza, Karen. Like, it's a very, you know, you want that, you order it because you're hungry, right? You know it's something that's perishable. And what DoorDash and the delivery companies have done is say you can do a turn-by-turn analysis of when that pizza is coming to you. And that's all about check-in technology, verifying when things are in the oven, when they're getting put in the box, when they're picked up and en route, right? That is all happening in the parcel chain. It's important for as important for your pair of shoes, the dress you want to wear on the weekend, that that food specialty food item you want to take to a party. You are going to want turn-by-turn uh, updates on certain purchases like that. And that's exciting technology that's all available today to brands. They just have to prioritize it and, and implement it. Mm-hmm. But, but, but if I think about the journey, there's, there's the first mile, there's the middle mile, there's the, there's the last mile. And you know, speaking of Amazon, they're trying to control last mile, even for brands where they are now doing delivery from stores to the consumer's home. Um, but, but, but all of those are you know, very different carriers, different handoffs. And to your point about the turn by turn, you know, the the mile by mile handoffs, what can a brand do? What can a a, a retailer do to manage that holistically rather than having to have that a fragmented process that they're trying to sort out themselves? Well, I think it's a challenge for any brand that doesn't have the scale of, say, an Amazon, Target or Walmart to put this all together themselves. So by default, they're working with partners. Um, and there are, the good news is there's a myriad of op- options to get to that final mile. Um, and, and so working with like a company like X Delivery, we actually orchestrate this entire thing for, on behalf of our brands. So they don't have to have relationships with multiple carriers and orchestrate this all themselves. For a single one zone rate, we'll give them the ability to know what it's going to cost them to ship that package and know when they're going to get it to that, to that customer. And what we do because we are going to we operate on their behalf, is we operate a network of in motion assets uh, that are already flying uh, to the destination city, picking up at the destination airport, and going into the neighborhood of the apartment complexes um, of their customers. And so that's okay from a customer standpoint. They they expect that that there's going to be people all along the chain that are handling this package. What they want to know is where is it and is it getting delivered on time? Interestingly enough, if it's not going to be get delivered on time, they want to know that too. And that's actually a great opportunity for brands to communicate to the customer. That's why having control of the parcel chain and having visibility is so important because it's an except, exceptions business. We don't reward our brands for delivering it in two days, right? We expect that to happen two or three days. It's when something goes bad, you, you have an opportunity to say, hey, look, there was a snow storm in, in uh, Chicago. Um, your, your package was on a flight that got delayed. Here's a 20% coupon for your next purchase. We, we're sorry. It's going to get there the, uh, the next day. Those are actually great brand opportunities to build a relationship with a customer. Yeah, that, that I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. So, so Mark, do you, you're orchestrating the delivery, um, all those first, middle, last mile for, for the brand. Are you managing the flow of funds too? We do, as you'd expect, Karen. Um, the, um, the flow of funds in the, in the parcel business is um, an interesting one only because, you know, you're, 
you're handling the uh, payments to sometimes five, six different providers that are that are doing that, and you're reconciling back to uh, the brand that um, that's paying. So generally, these are done on commercial terms of anywhere from zero to fifteen to thirty days, where um, we match the payment from our brand to when we're paying the trucking or the air, airline or the final mile delivery company. Um, it's a, it's a smaller margin business than say software or some, some payments businesses. So it's very important to have timing and speed of payments matched to when they're realized, um, in order to make the business work. So, I mean, obviously making sure that all of that happens consistent with what the, um, the expectations are and what actually happens in terms of the delivery, that those those handoffs are important. Yeah, your APIs have to acknowledge, you know, time and date stamps, the the um, uh, the weight of the package, the cost, um, so that you can reconcile that with invoices um, in as near real time as possible so that you can bill and pay in a very efficient schedule because these are all in-flight networks that are very, very complicated complicated and expensive to operate. So getting our partners paid is just as important as us getting paid. Um, so the speed and transparency of billing really goes back to what we talked about before, which is how good is the data? That data has to be used for the efficiency of the network, as well as what we were talking about before, which was transparency to the consumer. It's all very much related. So brands now have a sense of urgency to investigate things like this because you know, the competition is intense. I mean, it's Amazon on, on a number of different levels. And it's also other retailers that are, you know, doing whatever they can do to satisfy the customer through some sort of shipping subsidies or membership programs that provide shipping as a bundled feature of that um, of that mix. I've seen so many of these different membership options now that that brands have that include you know, for your for your membership, um, free shipping and other other goodies. I mean, to your point about about loyalty, it's really important that um, that retailers understand their options and not only create efficiencies, but also meet the expectation of that consumer. I think that's true, and I, I'll tell you without naming names, it's kind of a tale of two cities out there, Karen. I think a lot of retailers are, are struggling with post pandemic impacts of supply chain. They've either over ordered over-anticipated demand will continue. We're seeing a softening, um, starting to see signs of a softening. Everybody's thinking about what this e-commerce peak season will be like. Or you're seeing brands that were really lean and mean and and, um, and, are, and haven't made the right investments. But I think we need to continue to uh, evangelize that this is all doable. Um, it's a partnered model. The technology is really not the barrier. I think it's more stop thinking of shipping as a cost center um, and think of it as a way to enhance the brand experience. And if you don't believe that, then just listen to your customer who's telling you that what the product is and how much it costs uh, is important, as important as when I get it and how I get it. Uh, and that's the message we continue to reiterate as we talk to, to people in the industry. Yeah, it's interesting, shipping as a customer engagement strategy. Very much so. And as a sales closer, right, as a um, associated as as much as far up in the um, engagement process as you can with your consumer, because it is on their mind when they arrive at your website. Um, 
sure. Mark, thanks so much for your time. As always, it's so much fun to chat with you. Really interesting topic and particularly relevant now as, um, as the holiday season approaches and as consumers who feel very much pressured by inflation and the purchasing power erosion that they feel um, look at every opportunity to be efficient, save time, save money. Thanks again for your time. Thanks, Karen. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. Bye-bye now.